This episode of Deep in the Weeds is proudly supported by Square, built for every business. Working on the floor and running restaurants was it was is a great attachment. You know, you live and breathe it every day. You know, whereas like not being on the floor as often, you know, I still get that satisfaction and you know those moments of joy by creating new spaces. Um, I think that that's really important to me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Longevity in the hospitality game is no mean feat. A career in the industry is one thing, but owning a venue for a decade or two, well, that's pretty rare. What does it take to not only run one of Australia's best restaurants for two decades, but continually add more colour and nuance to the industry with new offerings too? Maurice Tazzini is one of Australia's best restaurateurs and entrepreneurs. Maurice, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Anthony. Good to hear your voice and nice to talk to you this morning. Uh, it's good to catch up with you, mate. You are busy. You are one of the busiest people I think I know. I was back on the floor last night, mate. So. <laughs> well, you, you've just um, opened a new uh, venue as of last night. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, it's a collaboration or, you know, partnership with um, Joseph Baghetto from Mr. Bianco. Jason and I have known each other for quite some time, Anthony, um, for, you know, over a couple of decades. We actually sort of grew up, you know, two Melbourne Italian boys. So we sort of connected way back then. Um, and um, we sort of started really talking to each other and wanting to do something together during the COVID period. I think we both, we both saw a little bit of inspiration in each other and, you know, we both helped each other sort of get through that stressful period. And we sort of... Um, Joseph had a restaurant up in Little Collins Street and, you know, it sort of, it sort of had its day and it was just a perfect little site. And I've been wanting to do this um, garage-inspired restaurant, you know, um, that sort of played tribute to the Italian, not only the Italian, but I suppose all migrants, you know, of the 50s, 60s and 70s, 80s and so on. And, you know, the the stories that came out of the food and alcohol stories, wine stories, drink stories that came out of those, those garages. So in a way, it's a little bit of a tribute to that. Um, and it's even a tribute to that, even in design, it's sort of a bit of a tongue in cheek take on, you know, Italian, Italian gardens that were all concrete as we know. So it's basically, we, we, we call it our brutalist garage. Amazing. Um, well, you're known for some pretty amazing restaurant designs. What was it like trying to capture that sort of um, garage sort of feel, but still having a, you know, a great venue? Well, so it was, it was pretty basic because we sort of looked at, you know, the fundamental, the, the one, the one material that I can say this because I am one, all the wogs use, you know, all the Italians use, um, you know, which use concrete. So we sort of like went, well, you know, it predominantly has to be concrete. Um, so it's basically a concrete, concrete rendered room with some steel. And um, we just kept it really basic. So, um, and then we just dived into the Italian brutalism that I'm a big fan of. And um, from that, you know, from, from the last century and so on. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's how we sort of captured the feeling. Well, speaking of renovations, icebergs, you've had that for 20 years, which is hard to fathom. It's extraordinary, but it's... 20 years on December the 14th, Anthony, to be precise. Wow. And it's, you know, undergoing an incredible uh, renovation uh, at the moment. Tell us a bit about, you know, the reasoning and the process. Yeah, that was, that was a, um, 
that was a little bit of a, it wasn't really a hard decision. We sort of had no choice. Um, being, on, being on top of the ocean, Anthony, is, um, is, is quite a challenge for, um, you know, for, 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 you know, let alone for anything, let alone a restaurant. It's like owning it's like owning a boat. You sort of start at one end and you finish at the other. And when you finish at the other end, you know, you've got to start all over again, you know. Um, and it just got to the point that the salt had pretty much, you know, eaten into everything. Um, everything was corroded, you know. We started to sort of, sort of started to see the damage, salt corrosion over the last couple of years and, you know, sort of got to the point that we just, you know, couldn't add another Band-Aid, you know. Um, and it was just time to sort of like, you know, freshen it up both, you know, predominantly actually to be quite honest for ourselves, we sort of like tripled the size of the kitchen, improved staff facilities, improved efficiency in the restaurant, you know, new cellar. We're sort of like, you know, the, the restaurant's taking a direction of, you know, where I want to be these days, you know, so we've sort of decreased the list. Um, I'm all these days I'm, I'm a big fan of less is more, you know, um, and so we're just tidying up our wine list, tidying up our drinks um, menu. We'll, we'll sort of be refreshed and sort of like same same philosophy, but maybe a different approach. And um, but most excitingly, we're covering the terrace out the back. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that commercially made it stack up because we sort of gained another sixty seventy chairs. So that made sense. Um, you know, we've got, still got quite a long time left on our list. We're sort of like, we're, you know, I, I, sort of ha- I sort of had decided that once I hit 20 years, I'd move on. Um, and that was always in my line of sight. And Anthony, um, but then once we sort of, it, it's taken nearly four years to get the DA and sort of been working on this idea for quite some time. So I've just decided to stay on because um, it's going to be too beautiful to leave. Yeah, well, it's it's been so important to so many people that have that have visited or want to visit when they come to to Australia. What, what's it been like for you? Twenty years is extraordinary. Is is there any sort of highlights or or moments that have been really important to you? Oh, you know, like every every day at the icebergs can be a highlight. You know, um, just the, the view alone is a highlight. So you know, every time you go in, sort of you remember where you are. Obviously, the opening day I think was really important to me. It sort of had its fair share of problems getting open as well. Um, you know, had a lot of investors pull out. This is like going back 22, 23 years ago when Bondi was still really Bondi. And it had a real surf punk community to it, and um, which probably all moved up to Byron now. But, um, so I followed them up there anyhow. But, um, you know, it was um, it was quite a challenge to open the icebergs, both financially and, and just, you know, with with – you know, other, other issues. And so opening was quite a highlight. And I think that also, you know, we, when we threw our first news day party, I think that that was pretty memorable. You know, we turned, um, the philosophy there was to turn a two hat restaurant into one of the world's great day clubs for only one day a year. And, um, yeah, that the first party was, was epic as were probably most of them. Yeah. I want to explore sort of what you're doing now because you're doing so many things. It's quite extraordinary, but you know, you're regarded as one of the best front of house professionals in the country, in in our history. What, what, what are your influences and, and what's important to you for that delivering that front of house experience? Oh, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't put myself in that category, but thank you very much. I'll take that as a, as a great compliment. I think that, um, you know, I think that what I do have is I have a particular style and I think that that's really important when you're um, establishing yourself and your presence on the floor. 
and I think that all my my restaurants fortunately have adopted that style. Um, and you know, I so I sort of like look at um, you know my father once said to me that you know the basics are um, you know you know never 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 not forget you know and be thankful that people made the choice to spend their money with you you know. So these sort of basic, you know, basic appreciation and understanding that the customer is actually spending money with you, I think is fundamentally at, you know, at the, at the at, you know, at the roots of being a good waiter. I think if you lose sight of that, you know, you've lost sight of everything because at the end of the day, people are spending money and it is a business. I think that that's really important. Um, and I've always tried to over-deliver in that regard. Um and then there's just a minimum, you know, there's a minimum level of service regardless whether you're serving a coffee or filleting fish that you can't go below. And, um, you know, uh, what else can I say? Um, <laughs> well, well you, the, the fascinating thing about your venues is that they do carry your DNA. They can be quite different, but there is that feeling that it's come from you. How, how do you share that with your staff for them to deliver your vision? I, th- I think that a lot of it, it's been quite difficult the last couple of years because I'm sort of like now starting to step out of the restaurants and that's something that I'm probably working on at the moment and trying to, how can I articulate, you know, my creative output or my creative ideas into, you know, into actually like, you know, a system. Um, and that's something that's, you know, been, that I've been challenged by that I'm trying to resolve and I'm working very hard at, you know, being able to keep my voice alive without even without being in the restaurants, um, I think that that's really important. But a lot of it, you know, but in the past, a lot of that was really on the, on the spot training and just actually working, <clears throat> excuse me, and actually just working with your crew and just being present with them, just like a chef would. Um, you know, certain chefs season things in certain ways, and you know, it only happens on you know while you're in the kitchen. And, um, you know, on the floor, I think it's, it's the same thing, you know, I sort of have a particular style and while I'm on the floor, I sort of just guide my staff into, into that, into, into, into that style of serving. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sort of like, I think that perhaps my style is, is a cross really between because I grew up in, in, you know, because I was trained informally, I think a lot of that informal cafe, you know, fast, you know, culture and style of service has sort of blended into, you know, my inspirations, you know, my great inspirations, the flower drum, you know, the going there as, you know, going there as an early, as an early restaurateur of 20, you know, 22, 23 years of age and just sitting there and just watching, you know, these absolute legends, you know, fish in 10 seconds or whatever they would do, you know, and, um, so just looking at, you know, at restaurants like the Flower Drum or going back to the Latin, I think the Latin was really fundamentally very influential for me. That style of sort of like, you know, we, 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 we were at Cafe Vicina and we, you know, we, that's, what, that's what we wanted to do, but in a cafe setting and in a fast setting. And I think that over the years that sort of just developed into my own style. One of the reasons why um, you're not necessarily on the floor as much these days is the incredible expansion and, and different offerings that you're creating across the country you're in yeah. Byron. Yeah, I felt, I felt that, um, I'll be really honest, I sort of felt to the point that I, I just, I, I sort of, you know, as a, as a waiter in particular, I just, I lost my patience, you know, 
And I think the patience is, is fundamentally important for any waiter, you know? And I just was not enjoying it anymore. And so, therefore, I started to look at other ways of, you know, staying in the industry and, you know, enjoying the industry. And with that, sort of like I started to sort of like, you know, dive into doing other venues and growing. And I suppose that I found a lot of um, a lot of satisfaction in that and a lot of tranquility. And um, it sort of like, you know, motivated me and kept me pumped up and, you know, that's why probably I'm still here. You know, it's a hard industry to be involved in 30 years later, you know. Um, well, well, you've opened in Byron. You've got an uh, incredible uh, offering that you're doing in Double Bay. You've got the rocks in the future. Yeah, I do a lot of collaborations with a lot of people, so I quite like that. I think that that's, again, one of my skills is that I'm able to collaborate with a lot of people and I JV with a lot of people and I have a lot of different partnerships, you know which I sort of quite enjoy because I get certain things out of different partnerships. Um, yeah, no, but we went up to Byron and we've done, um, you know, opened up Blondra Beach Italian food. It's a bit of a take on North Bombay Italian food and, you know, again, a lot of my friends and, you know, that community from North Bombay sort of moved up to Byron and it sort of makes sense to me. Um, you know, it's it's sort of like it's, 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 it's a nice environment to be in. It's nice to get out of Sydney and it's nice to, I sort of like when I travel, I actually like working while I'm traveling, you know, so it's sort of good to go, go up to Byron and actually have, you know, have, have, a, have a mini holiday, but at the same time also be occupied. So that, that was quite rewarding. Um, yeah, Blonde Beach Italian food is, um, you know, it's just really, you know, seaside dining, really easy, informal, you know, less is more, sort of a bit of a take on, you know, cucina povera. Um, yeah, we're loving it. It's really, it's, it's, it's been quite an experience. This episode of Deep in the Weeds is proudly supported by Square, helping businesses of all sizes start, run and grow. Boris Tazzini, Iceberg's Dining Room and Bar. Once we started working with Square, just everything fell into place. What's been great about it's just allowed us to streamline the whole ordering and payment process. Um, and it's also really, what's really important for me, it's also had a really good impact on the back end with the recording. We get heaps of usable data. The information that we get off Square helps us establish or reinforce, you know, the, the people that we're serving. For more information, go to squareup.com. Tell me a bit about uh, the project at Double Bay, the bar and Tazzini's Corner. Um, the bar is just, it's just basically a residency. It could last for a year, it could last for two. Uh, uh, it was just a really good opportunity to, um, you know, I was approached to re, you know, reignite, you know, the, the sort of the F&B program at the Intercontinental, um, which was a bit sort of stale. Um and so went in and sort of saw this great opportunity. I've always been fascinated by hotel bars. I was saying to someone in another interview that I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of dive bars, but like, you know, I really, I can, you know, I love going to dive bars, but my real fascination is real is hotel bars, you know? And so I've always been inspired by, you know, bars like, you know, the American bar at the Savoy is an example where that sort of, sort of quite old school tradition still exists, you know, but then they're very forward thinking in their drink making. Um, yeah. So that, that was the inspiration. And I sort of felt that Sydney had so many good bars and we're starting to sort of, you know, move into the world of hotel bars 
but the intercontinentals sort of like quite quite unique because it's a little bit conservative at the same time and so we wanted to create a little bit of um sort of elegant decadence if you know if that's the right way of describing it and you know it's been a really good opportunity because it's been i've always wanted to do hotels and hopefully one day i think i've said this to you before you know that i'm one day hopefully i'll get to do my own hotel and so been a little bit of an apprenticeship and a bit of training, you know, and sort of working in an environment like a hotel structure, you know, it's completely different to restaurant structure. And, um, yeah, so as I, I sort of enjoyed putting the project to, together as much as I've enjoyed learning. And, you know, I think that we've really delivered. And it's, you know, it's a set design. We didn't spend much money on it. You know, it's not, like, it's not a million-dollar fit-out. But I think that we managed to capture the essence of, you know, those great hotel bars of Europe, you know. You've, uh, you know, been in business for for a couple of decades. Um, so much has changed. Has the style of business changed? Like, does technology play a big role in, in what you do these days? Well, you know, mate, to be quite honest, when I first started, we had no till, you know. We had no point of sale. It was all verbal, you know. So that was quite funny. So now, yes, now we definitely rely heavily on technology and that's an area, again, that I'm trying to really, you know, sort of understand and allow to help my business, you know, grow. You know, like being able to get feedback from clients, being able to recognise clients when they book, you know, what table they like to sit at, what they like to eat and so on and so on and being able to get that information out to clients, you know, you know, you know, easily and um, without sort of, you know, invade, invading their sort of like private, you know, without it becoming spam is really important. Um, yeah, no, so we rely heavily on technology now in, in, in all sorts of technology. Also in just, you know, everything from, you know, obviously food costing to rostering, you know, to event, events, um, you know, and uh, planning and so on. So, yeah, technology is, is becoming a, a large part of our business. 20 years for icebergs is is really amazing, especially the standard that you set. Are you celebrating with a book that will come out later this year? What's it been like putting that together and sort of, um, you know, reminiscing and looking at the past? Yeah, well, it's been, it's been great because we worked with Julie Gibbs and I sort of had done another publication with Julie, which was really good. And it sort of started as also I was um, you know, quite honoured to be invited to the Powerhouse Museum um, of, of Archives and me so Julian approached me on that and um, so I started collecting I've collected quite a bit of information over the last 30 years and I'm sort of kept everything I've pretty much kept every menu that we've ever written you know and I've kept pretty much you know every piece of artwork that's ended up on one of my walls you know so there was like rooms and rooms and rooms literally of menus coasters CDs books art and so on and so I'm going through it, so I'm donating most of it to the 80, 80 to 90 percent has been donated to the archives because I sort of felt that I got to the point, Anthony, that you know, transporting it around from office to office, uh, some of it started to get damaged, and so some really beautiful and important sort of pieces. There's some really beautiful donations from some great artists, in particular from the Melbourne Wine Room and Cafe Cucina days, and there's some great menus from the icebergs and so on, and um. So, you know, so that's going into the archives, which is great because it'd be great for my kids and so on and so on. So, you know, we just, just, yeah, it's, it's quite an honour. So through that, through why we were putting these archives together, then it's sort of like Julie was like, well, why don't we do a 20th anniversary book? 
um, for the icebergs. That's how it all started. And, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. What we did is it's really a lifestyle book, more than just a recipe, just a cookbook. So we divided that up into different sections of the timeline, um, how we got there. Um, there's an introduction and sort of the, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a segment on the architecture of the icebergs and there's, you know, there's, 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 there's a segment on music and what play and what role that's played at the icebergs. There's a segment on events. There's a news day section. There's there's about thirty playlists, I think, or so that you can download. Um, and then we then we invited every chef that that collaborated or that was part of the icebergs. You know, from Karen Martini to Monty to Alex to you know Ori to Paul Wilson and so on. Um, and and all, all all chefs made a contribution. There's only there's fifty recipes all up, and there's there's I think um, fifty drinks if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, so um, it's a little bit of a um, it's sort of dedicated really to the clients of the icebergs. You know, um, it's going to be quite a beautiful book um, in terms of it, like aesthetically. But you know, it's really just a reminder. It's a dedication to Sydney and to the icebergs and to my clients, rather than a book trying to promote ourselves as, as a restaurant. What, what did it feel like when you've gone back through the archives and seen menus from 15 years ago or 10 years ago? Um, was, did, it, did it have an effect on you looking at these things? Yeah, sort of all, you know, all that stuff has an effect on you. You sort of realise how long you've been in it for, you know. Sometimes days just pass and, you know, you sort of forget what happened yesterday. But then, you know, when you look back at those things and you go, I remember that dish from Paul Wilson. Or that drink from this particular bartender, or that particular event, you know, um, you know, we've done some pretty amazing events at the Icebergs. You know, one of the one of the um, one of the best events we did is for our tenth year anniversary. We invited ten chefs to do ten dinners, you know. And then after the COVID, we did the um series um, it doesn't taste like this at home, where we did a combination of cabaret and 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 you know and 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 dinner dinner and shows. It was pretty epic. So, you know, you go through all that stuff and sort of you start to realise, you know, how much actually work you've actually done and how many people you've served and, you know, how many staff have come through the venue. So it does have a profound effect on you. Um, definitely made me realise my age, that's for sure. But we're looking back at some photos. It was pretty funny, Anthony, I tell you this, but we're looking back at some Newsday photos and Angus and I were like, oh, fuck, that's it. That's, that's the last one. We're really looking old. Not good for two old blokes to be part of the party, you know? You know, one of those two old blokes in the corner, hands up in the air. So it was like, that's it, 20, done, over. So that's our last party this year as well. So. <laughs> uh, uh- you mentioned a really fascinating word a little bit ago, which was tranquility and finding that tranquility while, because you're taking on so much and you're developing so many things and creating so many new experiences for people, but you're finding tranquility as well. What's it like, you know, finding that balance and that enjoyment? It's, it's, it's fantastic because I, I suppose probably one of my weaker, you know, weaker strengths is that, um, or, you know, one of my weaknesses is that, I, you know, as much as I, as much as much as I make sure that every business is profitable, you know, and every business needs to be standalone, I sort of dive into it for different reasons. I sort of like the till's always the last thing for me, and it's like you know that 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 exciting that excitement of putting together a public space is something that I just thoroughly enjoy, and it gives me incredible you know incredible satisfaction. You know, I dream about my restaurants. I'm in them. You know, I can see myself dining in them and I can see myself working them. 
And, you know, and I sort of like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just an opportunity to keep on creating these beautiful spaces. You know, not all of us, not, not everyone gets that opportunity. You know, opening last night was pretty special. You know, seeing a scene of like a basic room, you know, it's just like really, really, it's almost anti everything I've done for the last decade or so, you know, it's like minimum budget, you know, there's eight, there's eight wines on the list, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's and, and to see that come alive and see an idea like that come alive, which is really lo-fi, you know, but it tells an, inc- I think it tells an incredible story, you know. Um, he's like, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the great rewards, you know, one of the great, you know, great rewards for me. And, you know, I, I wouldn't give it up. And, you know, and so creating these places um, sort of keeps me still in, in contact and attached to the industry, you know. Uh, you know, working on the floor and running restaurants was, was is a great attachment. You know, you live and breathe it every day, you know. Whereas like not being on the floor is often you know, I still get that satisfaction and, you know, those moments of joy by creating new spaces. Um, I think that that's really important to me. And I've, you know, started to really enjoy them and I've sort of started to find a little bit of a balance, you know, in terms of like the hours that I work and I don't have to be in the restaurants till 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock anymore, you know. Um, so that, you know, that, that that's very taxing. Anyone can tell you that, you know, when you're, when, you, when you're working from, you know, 9 in the morning to 12 at night, six days a week, you know, 15, 16 years in a row, it's pretty taxing, you know. So, my, so now I'm enjoying another side of the industry which allows me to have a little bit more physical free time, which I think is really important. And with that physical free time comes a bit of tranquility and to be able to be present. So I'm more present with my kids and my family. I'm probably probably more present with myself. I think that that's really important. That's allowed me to sort of like just relax a bit more, you know, discover the joy of running again after years, you know. I've I've discovered rhythm breathing. It's, It's quite beautiful. It's like meditation while you're running. Well, has this sort of tranquility allowed you the space mentally to then look at new opportunities and, and be reinvented? Yeah, absolutely. It allows me to sort of, um, and I've always been one to sort of cross across a lot of genres. So it's not just F and B, you know, I, I, I do a lot of collaborations in fashion. I do a lot of collaborations in music. I'm touring, um, I'm touring a club called Ronda, which is um, one of the, Biggest, biggest and most important pansexual parties in the States. I toured them a couple of years ago and I'm retouring them this year. So I like, so, you know, the ability to sort of cross genres and look at sort of like lots of different things and get involved in lots of creative projects, you know, is, is really, is really relaxing for me. You know, I love it. You know, it's, it's like, um, I couldn't imagine not doing it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very satisfying. And with satisfaction comes tranquility, I suppose. I know you're sort of wrapping up the book uh, at the moment. When can we expect to see it on the market? Yeah, so the book's gone to print, believe it or not. Um, Julie was Julie was incredibly impressed. I think we were two days late. Um, the last publication was three years late. <laughs> it's like, crazy. I don't even know why she still speaks to me, you know. Um, but, um, no, we were um, – it was great. It was a real, like, collaboration of, like, you know, lots of different people putting in a big effort. All the chefs are absolutely fantastic, you know. Everyone put in a big effort and, um, you know, Libby tried to sort of like help, helped us write, you know, the dialogues and so on. And so, and, and, you know, what was, um, what was really interesting is we sort of like coming across all these photographs, but nothing was in high res. 
So, um, so a lot of so so a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the photos that we had, that, that we selected were just because they were the only ones we really had in high res. And that's one thing that I don't really have. I'm not very good at keeping like Dropbox files and things like that. But um, anyhow, no. But it's going to print, Anthony, and I think it will be. We're hoping to release it. The icebergs renovations um, end in October, so we're hoping to be open by late September, early October, and we would either launch, pre-launch the book then, or wait to the actual the 14th, um, which is the, you know, the actual 20th anniversary. I sort of feel like maybe we should launch it then. I'm not quite sure. I haven't made a decision then, but um, you know, so yeah, it comes out. It's about 400 pages. It's quite a big book. Um, there's lot. There's lots of tributes and dedications, which is really quite beautiful. You know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know any anything that's published is the documentation of your work of your life. You know, so it's um it's there for the records. And I suppose, as I said, it's a dedication to Sydney. But in in saying that, I suppose it's also um you know it's there for my children. You know, and my children's children. That you know, it's actually been published. So you know, you're on the record. Well, what you what you've created and what you continue create to create is an absolute inspiration, and it's an honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to catch up again. Um, please, please keep in touch, and we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, and thank you for your incredible support and everyone's support. We really, really appreciate it. So, thank you very much. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.